It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the weekly potpourri edition presented by Ryan Kiefer of Prime Lending. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Rick Boring as we talk about some sports topics of local interest. We'll see if we've got a national topic or two. We've got a gambling segment and a segment where you can ask me a question about any topic of your desire. Just hit the hashtag AskSkinnyAnything on Twitter. Rick, how are we doing today? I'm good, and we have got some topics for that last segment, let me tell you. I figured we did, and that's a good thing. <laughs> All right, let's get into the sports talk first, though. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow won't play against the Cleveland Browns in the Week 18 season finale. Burrow says his knee, which he banged up towards the end of the win over the Chiefs, is fine, and he'd be able to play if needed, but he's going to take the week to rest up. So, Skinny, I'll ask you, do you think the Bengals are making the right decision by sitting Joe Burrow? I do. Um, I, I I think they're kind of treating this as their bye week to a degree. And that doesn't mean they're, they're not trying to win the game. I mean, you know, um, Cleveland's got nothing to play for. Baker Mayfield's not playing. Um, I, I think you won't see a whole lot of starters in, in, in addition to Joe Burrow that, that don't play. And for all that are fretting about where the seed might go, listen, could you finish as high as the two seed and get a second playoff game? Yeah, I guess you could. I mean, there's also, they reseed stuff, so maybe you get a second home game anyway if you're the three or the four seed. You're definitely getting a home playoff game. That, that's, the, that's the part that matters here. Uh, it gives Joe Burrow a chance to rest up. It doesn't expose him to, to really needless injury just to move up a seed line. You're not getting the one seed. I mean, too many things have to happen. And you may even know that on Saturday when Kansas City wins that you're not going to get the one seed or have no chance. So I do think it's the right thing. I want a healthy Joe Burrow for the playoff. And I wouldn't mind having Brandon Allen get some snaps under his belt. And now he's going to get a full game under his belt going into the playoffs. So I, I, I do think it's the right decision. I mentioned Sunday when we talked on our postgame podcast that I didn't feel too strongly either way. I, I'm always of the opinion when you've got momentum rolling like the Bengals do, you, you go ahead and let them play if they want to and if it makes sense. In this situation, it seemed like Joe was interested in the day off. I think he's been banged up recently, and based on what he said in his interviews this week, sounds like he's pretty excited to, to take the week off and rest up and get ready for the playoffs. So by all means, if that's how he feels, I'm fine with that. But here's my thing with that. If you're going to sit him, why is he even making the trip? Just leave it at home. Don't risk him going out and getting COVID on the trip. Like, well, just keep him in a bubble during the weekend. Yeah. I don't even think he should be going. Yeah, hear me out though. I mean, what what if you go up there with with Browning and and Brandon Allen and the day before or the day of one of them comes down with it? I mean, they're isolating. I mean, they're, they're they're not in the same room. They're isolating the quarterbacks as it is. I I I. And he, and he, I'll be honest, he may not make the trip. I mean, he he was asked that too. He doesn't know. Zach isn't sure whether he's going to address him or not. And if he doesn't, maybe the, maybe he doesn't make the trip then. At this point, once you've made this decision that he's not starting, you are not trying to win the game. Sorry, you're just not. Like, if you're not playing Joe Burrow, the Bengals are not trying to win the game. And I'm fine with I that. I don't, I don't think that's fair. Well, scan, I, come, I, come on, come on. Come on, dude! If you if you weren't trying to win the game, you just wave the white flag and forfeit. You can still well. That's what you're. Win. you're but that's what you're, you're allowed, doing by starting Brandon you're, Allen. You're allowed to win in this league with a backup quarterback. You are allowed. Sure. Well, sure, but you're not trying to do but, it. But you're not trying to win. I mean, there's a vast difference between Joe Burrow and Brandon Allen. If you're not playing Joe Burrow, you're not trying to win the game. You, yes, you are. You're you, you're going to game plan the way you want to game plan. You're going to put well, sure, together but, a plan and try to beat them. So yes, you're trying to win the game. Okay, well, we're we're arguing semantics here, but I, my, my thing is I don't care about them trying to win the game at this point. That's fine. They've already made that decision. But once you make that decision, I don't care if Trent Taylor is taking the snaps at some point. Like, if if something happens to Brown or something happens to Allen, 
who cares? Just lose the game at that point. Let anyone take the snaps and, and hand the ball off or kneel out the clock. It really doesn't matter if that's the approach you're taking. Then by all means, just leave Joe Burrow at home. Make sure he truly gets rest because you know how it is. Part of getting rest is not having to be on the road and not be at the hotel and all of those types of things. So if the idea is to get him rest, then just leave him at home and keep him in a bubble. And by the way, I'd also go as far as to say if Joe Burrow isn't playing don't play Jamar Chase. Don't play Tyler Boyd. Don't play T. Higgins. And, and Joe Mixon isn't going to play because he's in COVID protocol. But, like, I wouldn't play any of the important starters. Yeah, I think I get Jamar Chase's yards. He only needs 12 to break the team record. You run a quick out route, get him stepping out of bounds and call it a day. Fair enough. I, I'm fine with that, too. That That is cool for him. That's a neat thing. But I would not put these guys at risk at all, really, in this situation. I, I, and again, I, I, I can see I, it either I, way. And I, and, I, and I don't think they will. I, I think, like I mentioned, I don't think you'll see very many starters. Good. That's the way I would play it. If you want to win the game, fine. By all means, go ahead and, and go full bore. But once you make the decision that one of these guys is not playing, particularly the one named Joe Burrow, then don't worry about any of it. Like, don't go half-ass at this thing and throw some of your main guys out there, but not Joe Burrow. No, I think that's exactly what you're going to see. I think you're going to see a lot of that. Now, I will say this. You also have to have 53 players dressed, so technically 48 <laughs> by the time the inactives are on. So you're going to have to have some of these guys be available just in case. Yeah, I mean, but you, you can always call up a practice squad guy or two if need be also, right? Not, I mean, not, 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 not really. I mean, you only get a handful of elevations allowed. Um, so you're kind of walking a weird line. The, the thing with some of the COVID things, you can make some COVID replacements. And that's why I thought it was awful convenient that so many of these guys came down with COVID this week. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't accuse anybody of a little gamesmanship there, would you, Skinny? No, either that or honestly, there's a part of me that honestly believes that they said, listen, guys, go get your COVID now. Just go do it this week. We're going to test you on. I'm serious. I, I, you think I'm kidding? We'll test you on Monday. We'll get as many of you guys that get COVID as possible. We'll get through it this week. You'll 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 have your herd immunity and you'll be ready to go. I mean, look, I, I mean, honestly, it's what it feels like. I don't think that's the craziest idea or the worst idea, to be quite honest. Like, I, I don't want any of these guys to have COVID, obviously. But if you were going to have any of your important players get COVID, the week to do it is right now. Well, of course it is. And, and again, like I said, then you can get the elevations, too. So there is probably some gamesmanship with some of this as well. I mean, let, let, let's face it. You can just go, hey, pop positive. OK, all right, good. Pop positive. Great. Yeah. If he needs I, any it, help, just tell him to call the local college basketball coaches. They're experiencing yeah, that at the highest level right now. They all get it, it. It's just it's just awful interesting that a team that has done so well through all of this, right, and has a pretty high vaccination rate and all of that, that suddenly all these guys pop at the same time and they just happen to be a lot of key players. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, again, I'm not, I would not accuse anyone of anything, but uh, it doesn't sound like the craziest thing in the world that I've ever heard either. Skinny, going into last weekend, Patriots rookie quarterback Mac Jones was the heavy betting favorite to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award at minus 500 odds. However, after Jamar Chase's insane 11 catch for 266 yards and three touchdown day, the Bengals rookie receivers jumped Jones and become the new betting favorite to win the award at minus 200, while Jones has dropped to plus 170 odds. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion that Jamar Chase will be the Offensive Rookie of the Year? I don't know if foregone conclusion is the right word because let's face it. I mean, there is some, some, there is some, some New England Patriots bias for lack of a better term that boy, look what this rookie quarterback has done. He's gotten into the playoffs a year after, you know, the whole Brady situation went down. 
But I think what Chase has done of late, and then when you look at the complete body of work of the two, Mac Jones has really been kind of a manager, and there's nothing wrong with that. That always sounds like a slap. But listen, I, I like game managers when that's the case, that they take care of the football, they make the right decisions, they make the right plays, they don't put their team in peril, and all of those things. But Jamar Chase has been a complete and utter difference maker. New England's winning a lot of times with defense and running game. And a little Mac Jones sprinkled in, and he's been really accurate, high 60% in, in completion percentage, doesn't throw interceptions. Again, does all the, the, the right things a quarterback should do. But I think the, the performance of Chase these last two weeks – um, when teams decided, again, for whatever reason, to single cover him um, has changed things. And then I think if you're smart as a football voter here in this case, and you can look at that lull that he went through, it was when other teams were taking him away intentionally, and then that opened up things for T. Higgins. Remember the stretch he went through? Four 100-yard games out of five, three 100-yard games in a row. It's because so much attention was paid to Jamar Chase. Last week, Kansas City decided we're going to blitz and try to man cover him, and Voila, he torched them. So I, I do think the, 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 the whole body of work for Jamar Chase to me is more impressive than Mac Jones. Mac Jones has had a really good year. I don't want to discount it, but he's the, he's the rookie of the year. Yeah, I've seen some people writing about Jamar Chase, especially after last week's performance, and they've used words like inconsistent to describe his rookie season and talked about that lull towards the middle. I don't think I agree with that. I mean, one, if you put up the numbers that he's put up, it by definition really isn't an inconsistent year for a receiver. I mean, he's threatening all time records, not just rookie records here. Uh, so Rick, I, the yeah, the last three teams that have tried to single cover him are the Baltimore Ravens the first time around. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, the last time, time they play a little bit, yeah. yeah, they played a little bit more zone. And again, we can, we can certainly argue the fact that they were decimated. That's fair. And the Kansas city chiefs. And in those three games, he's put up roughly 600 and some odd yards receiving. Yeah. Well, and, and t- to your point, during that section of the year where he did slow down in terms of his production, I don't think that him being a difference maker had gone away because like you said, teams had to game plan specifically to stop him. And yeah, they were able to do some, but that didn't stop the Bengals offense at all. It opened up a whole lot of other stuff. Uh, He's been a difference maker every step of the way this year. And I think teams have figured out like we can't just take Jamar chase away because there's too many other weapons here. So uh, he, he has been, in my opinion, the undoubted rookie of the year. But let me throw some of these numbers at you because you start looking, it hasn't been a award that's kind to receivers. The last receiver to win the award was Odell Beckham in 2014. He's the only receiver in the last decade to win it. And only three receivers have won the award in the last 20 years. Odell Beckham, Percy Harvin, and Anquan Bolden. That being said, it's become something that is is much more of a quarterback oriented award over the last uh, 17 years, nine quarterbacks have won the award. So more than half the time quarterbacks have gotten it over the last 17 years. Prior to that, the 37 years that the award was given out prior to that, only one quarterback had won it. Dennis Shaw with the bills back in 1970. So the way the award has been doled out has definitely changed as the league has changed here in the last decade plus. Right, uh, but but I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to and you can help me with this. So I'm just going to play a quick game with you and this is probably unfair to both of us because I'm doing it off the top of my head. Since Odell Beckham a handful of years ago, give me one rookie other than Justin Jefferson last year, one rookie wide receiver that's that's done what Jamar Chase has done or yeah, even close to it, or even gone over 1000 yards. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously he's setting records, so that I'm not going to have an answer for that because no one has done more than right, Jamar right. Chase but but, but my point. point is, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of, of receivers since since Beckham won it. 
The only one that comes to mind that had just a pop off the charts rookie season was Justin Jefferson last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You took the good answer. And uh, obviously he was going up against Herbert and Herbert won right. the offensive right. rookie of the year award. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. But look, if Justin Jefferson didn't win it now, granted, there's no uh Justin Herbert this year there's no quarterback putting up those types of numbers obviously but if Justin Jefferson didn't win it that's about as good of a rookie year from wide receiver as we've ever seen prior to Jamal until, Chase. until so, now yeah until now until yeah now. <laughs> so I mean that's a pretty good one to throw out there in terms of him not winning it and uh you know it just shows you that it quarterbacks have the upper hand if sure. all things are equal or even close but in this case I really don't think they're that close I think it's pretty obvious Jamar Chase is an absolute stud he has changed the Bengals in a big way. Mac Jones has had a great year, and they've found a way to win some games, maybe more so than many people expected with a rookie at quarterback. But they're doing it with a little smoke and mirrors and, and sometimes winning in spite of him, to be quite honest. Yeah, no, I, I mean, let's go back to the, the crazy win game where they threw three passes. And that's not a knock on him. I, that was their game plan, and it worked. But... but- Kind of it is, was also, right? <laughs> let's just run the football. It kind of is. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to expose this guy to throwing passes in the wind and maybe losing the game force when we can just hand it off and run it and win. Yeah. So I think we're both on the same page there that Jamar Chase should, should win. I know uh, Zach Taylor really wouldn't commit either way, but I think the term he used was, I would not be surprised at all if you want it, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, and he went to bat for him, too, because the question was asked about that. And, and um, you know, he mentioned stuff that you don't see the stuff he does in the run game. And I, I do think there's something to that. I think he's a complete wide receiver. The only knock you can have from a consistency standpoint is I don't know where he stands in this category because I haven't looked in a while because he hasn't dropped the pass in a while. But for a while, and I'm talking like just recently, a few weeks ago, he did lead the, the NFL in drop passes. But I'm going to live with some of that when he makes so many damn big plays. Yeah, he's still leading the NFL with nine drops right okay, now. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys tied uh, for second with seven behind him. So he's still the leader there. But yeah, I mean, he's more than made up for that with some of the ridiculous plays and catches that he's made, obviously. Yeah, and I, and I will say this from a national perspective. I don't think it hurt at all to watch what he did against Kansas City in a fairly big game against a major ah. opponent that was playing extremely well. And to do that, that feels like, to, to quote our friend Dan Horde, coffin nails to me. Well, and I don't think Bengals fans realized that he wasn't going to win the award prior to last week, more than likely. I mean, Mac Jones wasn't just the favorite. It wasn't even close in right, Vegas. Right. Minus 500 right. odds is an automatic win, essentially, in yeah. an award situation. So, I mean, he really flipped that race with his performance last week. And there's no doubt that it had everything to do with a game that had huge importance in terms of playoff implications and was nationally televised. A ton of people got to see it. And it was against the team that everyone looks at as the best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that that's cemented. And like I said, then I'd like to see him. I'm not a big milestone guy, but I think when you're as close as he is and you can do it fairly safely, get him his out route and be done with it. That would be cool to see. And I, I'd be happy to see that as well. But as soon as he gets those 12 yards, get him the hell out of the game and put him in bubble wrap too. Fair enough. The Cincinnati Bearcats lost to Alabama in the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Eve, 27-6. to The Bearcats weren't able to get their offense on track and were only able to muster a pair of field goals in the loss. Alabama will take on Georgia, which beat Michigan 34-11 to in the national championship game on Monday. Skinny, what was your takeaway from the college football playoff semifinals? I thought UC belonged. I thought they showed they belonged, at least on defense. 
And shame on you, Mike Denbrock, for your offensive game plan. I thought it was a play not to lose game plan. I didn't think you gave your your best player on offense in your in your winner, Desmond Ritter, a chance. I don't think Desmond was very good either, so I don't want to absolve him entirely of, of blame. I didn't think he was very good either, but I just I thought they played so not to lose instead of playing to win, and that was disappointing to me. Listen, if you're going to go down, go down guns a-blazing. Look, I'm not here to tell you I want Desmond Ritter slinging it 50 times, but you never gave him a chance. Never, never gave him any design runs, uh, never allowed him to move out of the pocket, never allowed him to to throw down the field off of maybe a first time. I mean, to me, when they picked off the pass at 17-6 to near midfield, I was begging for a play-action pass and just chucked one deep one time. Alabama was down, you know, in 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 uh, in the depth chart in the secondary at the corner spot, and you never really tested them. And that that was that was what was disappointing because I did think UC showed they belonged. Um, uh, you know, I I still think you know if you watch that game, if you say they play ten times, UC probably only wins once. But still, I thought they belonged. I just thought they should have given themselves a better chance to win the game. Playing not to lose always pisses me off. Yeah, I don't know that they win any of the 10 against and Alabama. Maybe but and, may, the, and maybe not. But at the same time, that's just the reality of where college football is at as a sport. You watched Alabama and Georgia play in those back-to-back games, and they were so clearly the two best teams in the country this year. I, I, don't, I don't even think it's really close. But that being said, watching UC play, I thought they looked like a top – four or five, however you want to play that out, right. team in the country. I mean, they look like the next best team after those two, essentially. Now, if there's another no, SEC that's, that's a great team point. you want to throw in there, that's fine. But Michigan didn't look like they belong. The Big Ten looked like frauds after all of this. UC really didn't. I mean, their defense hung in there. It was 17-6 to six going into the fourth quarter. Their defense gave them a chance in that game. Yeah, and the third, you know, they gave up a handful of third and longs. I thought that was too conservative. They went zone a lot of times on third and longs. Let Ahmad Gardner just take the main man away, which I think that, you know, they and I think honestly Nick Saban was a little afraid of Ahmad Gardner. I think he said, you know what? We ain't testing that cat. We'll just run the football and keep going there. And I thought UC was a little too conservative on those third down and longs where they, they had a chance to maybe put some pressure on Bryce Young, force a quick throw, rally and tackle, and, and stop him short of the first down. So you gave him plenty of time to stand there and find the hole in the zone and converted a couple of big third downs. And that was disappointing. That's also playing not to lose. And that's what this team was so good at all year was just go play to win. Instead, they played not to lose. And I just, like I said, I I hate that mentality. I hate it. It, w- it was shocking to see because especially a team in UC's position, I mean, granted, on one hand, you got into the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game. You're only down by two scores. So maybe hindsight is 2020 here to look back and say you should have taken more chances because uh, you, you did give yourself a chance to win the game in theory, I guess. But not really, because the chances never came. You never did get more aggressive. You never did take the shot at the big play. It was just kind of like uh, we'll be content to lose by a couple of touchdowns here is what it kind of felt like late in that game. And. I'm with you. I just don't understand that when you're a team with a once in a lifetime shot right here, it, it, you've got nothing to lose. You would think you'd be pulling out all the stops to a certain extent. And it, it just didn't feel that way, especially on the offensive side. Defensively. Yeah, it, 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 almost, it almost felt like the offensive coordinator had one foot out the door. Oh, oh wait, he did. wait, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't talking to them beforehand, by the way, oh, he, no, he, no, he, 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 he didn't talk to him at all. He just already had a deal ready and completed as soon as the buzzer went off for the game. But he hadn't spoken to him yet. I think, I think I think literally as soon as the buzzer went off. I mean, that was a little odd. I thought that, I mean, it's always going to get out. It's always going to get leaked by the media in this day and age if you're doing something like that. So I guess you have to announce it almost right away when, yep. when you've clearly gone ahead and made the deal anyway. But 
man, I just didn't think that was really a good look for Mike Denbrock. I didn't either. Especially when you had such a poor performance, like as a coach in the semifinal game. He he was the guy who looked the worst. He was the guy that everyone was pointing the finger at. And then he's the first one out the door. It's like, ugh, that's yeah, not you know, a great you, look. You, got, you still got to do what's best for you and your family. Family? Hey, he's from Boston. They don't have strong accents in Boston, okay? Look, please. Uh, good stuff. Skinny, how big of a step back will you see take next year? Yeah, that, I think that's the question everybody's asking. But, you know, it's it's supposedly been stacking recruiting classes. Uh, obviously, a lot's going to depend on is Evan Prater ready to 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 take the wheel. And um, I think he's got more tools than Desmond Ritter. But Desmond, remember the first game Desmond Ritter played was that very first game against UCLA when they started Hayden Moore, yanked him really quickly. And Desmond, they didn't win because of Desmond. They ran because of one because of uh, of Chris Warren running the football in the defense that day. And you're thinking, man, this guy, can he really, is this guy really a starting quarterback caliber? And you look up four years later and here he is in, in, the, in the national semifinals. I think Evan Prater has more raw skills. I, I, I was never overly enamored with him as a passer at Wyoming. He's got a big arm, but to me, wasn't always accurate, but I think he's a better athlete. Um, I don't think it's a huge step back. It, you know, nine and three ish, ten and two ish. I, I think probably in that area. I still think they're probably the best team in the American. I don't know enough about what Houston's got coming back, to be honest with you. And and, and it's so funny we start to evaluate this stuff, and then you never know how the transfer portal's going. Yeah. Um. So you know, some of that can 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 affect teams, but I, I don't think it'll be a huge step back. It's certainly. Uh. You know, win the conference and go to another nice go to a bowl game, and I don't maybe even compete to get to a New Year's Six again. I, I don't think they're probably quite good enough to do that. I mean, you're losing some real dudes on that defense in all likelihood, but no, I, I think they're still fine as a program. Yeah, the the defensive side is where it's going to be tough. I mean, you just can't overstate how important it was to have a couple of defensive backs that could just flat out shut down almost anybody yep. man-to-man. Uh, that's such a huge thing when you can free up all those other players to go ahead and, and make plays because your cornerback's have it on lock. They are NFL caliber and sauce Gardner, maybe the most dominant UC football player we've seen. Period. Uh, yeah. He's up there. He's up there. There's no question. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you can point to like the Kelsey's and stuff like that, but they weren't as good in college. Like Kelsey became Kelsey in the NFL. He was really right. good in college, right? But he wasn't sauce Gardner. Good in college. Uh, Marty Gillard, Marty Gillard was pretty damn special in college, but he but, was yeah, really Sauce, good. But but the uh, problem for Sauce Gardner is nobody throws at him, so you don't see enough of it, right? That, that sometimes is the funny part too. Is you look and go, well, he only had a couple interceptions, and, and you know I don't really see. Yeah, you don't see him because nobody wants to go at him. Yeah, but you could see that in the Alabama game too. That not even Alabama was taking advantage of him or trying to no, go after him. And that's it was right. Like, he is as good as it gets in the college game, and I, who knows how it'll transfer to dude, the NFL. He, I think I, he's going you. to be a stud. But he's I, I so great. He's such he's so good in coverage. He's so good in leverage. And he's the thing that really is impressive. I think what you saw is he's such a good tackler. My lands is he he's so physical. He's so physical yeah. and so confident. Yeah, I just I, I can't say enough about his game. No, if there was any way for the Bengals, if he's still around for the Bengals to pick, I would love to see him end up in Cincinnati. I don't I, think that's going to be the case after he goes through the process. I think he's yeah. going to be a top 10, top 15 guy. And I, and I do think the Bengals are probably leaning towards cornerback in the, in the draft. So, yeah, I, I, th I think that'd be great if that could happen. Will UC ever make it back to the college football playoff? I'm not going to say that they won't because when you get to the Big 12, there's your path now. You're now in the league where even maybe one loss gets you in. So, no, I'm, I, I, 
I think you better have savored this moment because I don't think you can take it for granted. I think, you know, as a UC basketball fan, probably in 90, whatever that year was, 92, 93, when they went to the final four, 91, 92, when they went to the final four and they kept getting good, good pro, you know, good team after good team after good team. And it, they never could make it back. It shows you how hard that path is. The path is still going to be hard, but it's going to be made a lot easier though, by going to the big 12, you have a legitimate chance to get there now with a loss. And, you know, you saw that with Oklahoma state, they almost got there with a the loss out of coming out of almost nowhere. They just kept bubbling up as things went on and everybody sweated it out. And then they lost the, finally the big 12 championship game. And we still don't know if they'd have won that big 12 championship game. Would UC have even made it? We'll never know that answer. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think they still have a chance. I, you know, the big 12 is going to make that path easier for them. You bring up a good point there about the basketball side of things. Do you think it's easier uh, going forward, uh, factoring in the Big 12 for them? Do you think it's easier for them to make a final four in basketball or another college football playoff going forward? Oh, I think another college football playoff. As long as Luke Fickle stays around and keeps recruiting at this level and, and the Big 12 will probably open even more doors for that and for the transfer portal, too. I, I think I'm going to lean towards the college football playoff. All right. We keep that Luke Fickle topic at, at the front of your mind because we'll address that again and ask any anything but uh do you have anything else on the other college football playoff semifinal before we get into our betting segment no um listen i think it just showed what you said is is what i should have known all along because i watched the sec i come sometimes come off as an sec honk that league's just really good man hey i'll go back to i still think kentucky's really really good and that's what disappoints me about the tennessee loss and the mississippi state loss is, you know, their one loss other than that was Georgia. I mean, honestly, other than Alabama beating Georgia, Kentucky probably played them as tough as anybody. I think Michigan would be the favorite in a semifinal game against Kentucky if for whatever reason we just threw Kentucky in there instead of Georgia. But I'm picking Kentucky in that matchup. Yeah, and, if again, I was Kentucky, and if you're looking, you're like, well, they just barely beat Iowa. They also had a, had a handful of guys that, that opted out. They had a handful of guys that sat out with injury and, and a couple of guys that the coaching staff opted to hold out for their own good. Um, they still had guys playing. Don't get me wrong, but that defense towards the end of that Iowa game was literally down to some guys that hadn't played hardly at all all season long, and they still found a way to win. I'm not against, so by the way, against the Big Ten West champion. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think the Big Ten was fairly fraudulent this year, if we're being honest. Ohio State was clearly the best team in the Big Ten, and yeah. we saw what they're, they did. I mean, they they're slipped the ones up multiple that are the, times. The, right, they're the ones that are the big disappointment because I think their offense would have given Georgia a little run for the money. Georgia's offense, as we know, is 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 not overly dynamic. Now, that Ohio State defense at times was just a complete sham. But I think if I'm an Ohio State fan, that's what disappoints me about watching all that is that's a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball to be sitting there not playing in, in, in a college football playoff. And that was even without Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and they would have played in a playoff game. You know me, I'm typically a very positive person and don't wish ill upon anyone or wish for anyone to sure, not have I success. Know you, yeah, no, never. Uh, never. But I will never root for Jim Harbaugh to have anything good happen the rest of his life for him going for that meaningless two-point conversion at the end of the game and forcing a push on the total. Have you ever seen a more despicable move by a head coach in your life? I I I don't get too wrapped up in that. Sometimes I I know it. It's when when you have the ticket, you're looking at it. It gets personal, but um, no. Nah, what the I, hell I'm, are you talking about? He went for two point I, conversion at the end of a game when he was down thirty four to nine. I'm what okay good was that going to do him? I, I whatever reason it, it, it I, I have no problem with it. I don't. There was only one reason. It was to push on the total. He knew what the number was, guaranteed. <laughs> you have, don't think so? He might have. He might have. Do you think he did or no? 
I don't. I don't what, think he knew the total. What other, what reason is there to go for two point conversion there? To add two points instead of one. Oh yeah, you're right. It does look much better to lose by 23 instead of 22. That's my bad. I'm the idiot. Listen, listen, dude. I had a guy launch one from 35 feet last night when it didn't matter for for Texas Tech and banked in it one at the buzzer to to, to get a push there too. Trust me. Did I'm you see the why, Syracuse? Why didn't bother? Did you see the Syracuse game? I, I did. I did not. I watched it on my phone. I, I I had in a parlay that already got busted. I had Syracuse laying two, and and it didn't matter to me at that point. But I thought they were gonna. I, I looked at my phone at the very. When it was all over, and I thought, wait a minute, they only won by one? So you got to fill me in. I did not see it. Maybe the all-time worst beat ever if you really? had bet against Syracuse. Cole Swider, it was like a free-throw situation. 88-87 was the final. I do know yeah, that. Yeah, they were up 88-80, to 80, or it was like 86-81, whatever it was. They're up by two possessions, make a free-throw. Cole Swider comes down, hits a three, right? Uh, that, that cuts it to a... Two-point game. I think it was five. He cut it to two at the time. Miami goes down, makes a couple of free throws. Cole Swider comes down and bangs in another just absurd desperation flying through three. I mean, it was a type of situation where most of the time, after you made the first three, you let the clock run out. Instead, he chases the inbounds pass, dives to foul the guy with two two or three seconds left. They go down, shoot the free throws. He comes back, shoots an insane desperation three makes it to make it a one point game and cover the two point spread. Just an all time bad beat. If you were well, I got, like I said, I had Iowa state, Iowa state was up seven after they made two free throws with about three seconds. Old boy came down about a step inside mid court, let her fly, banked it in at the buzzer push. Well, we are clearly into our betting segment already. Last <laughs> week I went eight, two and two. That's right. We had two pushes. Uh, you went seven, three and two. So a very good week for us. Once again, uh, I am 107, 93, and four. You are 105, 95, and four. I uh, I was catching flack earlier this week. Someone t- told me, like, we're supposed to be betting experts and we're only hitting at 50%. Uh, two things on that. One, we are not betting experts. No. We, we have made that very much clear. We are betting for the fun of it and hope we break even at the end of the year. Um, second of all, the best in the world hit at about a 55, 56% rate. Yeah, that, that sounds to me like it's newbie guy who thinks this is easy and you're going to win 75% or he's listening to Johnny DeMarco on the 900 number going, I'm 27 and 0 in my last. No, you're not. No, yeah. you're just not. We, we're we actually right at that break even point where you would become about 52.567% somewhere in there, depending on what the juice is. But uh, assuming a minus 110 normal vig type situation, and, and, and you listen, want to hit 52%. Other- about. The other thing I will tell you is we are picking games of local interest. That doesn't mean you would bet all of these games either. Just just because we're picking them doesn't mean you bet them. You f- you pick the lines and games you like the best. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm, not, I'm not, trust me. I'm not. Yeah. That's the other thing. We're not we're not giving you our best bets of the week. We're doing a pick 'em contest of games that we're required to pick, which is not yeah, at all is, how you would bet. So just again, throwing that out for there fun. for some of you yes. who uh, listen to this segment and don't yes. quite understand what's going on here. Uh, Sunday at 1 p.m. we've got Bengals at Browns. Browns are a six-point favorite. The total is 37 and a half. You know what's funny, Rick? I think that has changed, believe it or not. Um, well, maybe it is now. You're right. Because I, I saw I saw the the I think the I think the Bengals were three going into yesterday. So you're right. So it's already changed to Browns minus six. Yeah, this is of, as of hang this on. morning, according to DraftKings. Right. Okay. Hang on. I got a 50 cent piece here. Tails <laughs> Landed on heads. I'll go, I'll, I'll go, I'll take the Bengals plus the six. What's the total? 37 and a half. I'll take the over just because it could land on that 38 number of like a 2117. 
I'll go I'll go 21-17. I don't know who wins, but I'm going to take the Bengals plus the six in the over. All right, so you're going Bengals and over. I like Bengals to win this game as well. I Look, the Browns have nothing to play for at all. They're, they're already planning vacations and everything else. They're just trying to get this game over with. Baker Mayfield is already getting his surgery done on his, his torn labrum. They are done. They do not care at all about this game. The Bengals are not playing their starters, or at least not Joe Burrow and, and but some of the other But they're playing to guys. win. But they are still very much locked into the season right now, including these backup guys. I think the Bengals win this game, and, and I could actually see them rolling pretty easily. But I'm going to go Bengals 20, Browns 13, so Bengals in the under for me. Okay. Sunday at 8.20 p.m., we've got Chargers at the Raiders, and this is a fun one to be picking. I'm glad that this fell in our normal primetime game uh, slot here so we we could talk about this one. The Chargers are a three-point favorite. The total is 49.5, but of course, what everyone's been talking about this week is that if the Titans were to somehow, or the Colts, rather, were to somehow lose to the Jaguars. And these two teams could both get in with a tie. Right, which creates, obviously, just a ridiculous scenario that I don't think we've ever really seen before, where theoretically the teams could just agree to kneel it out, end in a tie, and and call it a day, and both of them would get in. Now, one, chances are there's no way in hell the Jags are going to win a game. Secondly, I, I don't think either team would just kneel it out and agree to tie. I think they would play to win the game uh, when it's all said done. Can can, can I give you a Jags stat for you? You ready? Yeah, let me have it. I can't wait to hear this. I think this is right. In the last 31 games they've played, they've won four times. They're 2-2 and against the Colts, 2-27 and against the rest of the NFL. Oh, man, are you serious? I I am serious. Let me give you a Jags stat real quick, though, too. Last week they lost 50-10. to uh, I do that, that. That one sticks out more to me than the fact okay. that they're two and two against the Colts. I'm they all they also I, lost thirty to sixteen to the Texans two weeks ago as well. I, so. I'm here for the absurdity of the potential kneel down back and forth. Can you imagine? We've got to have it. like in prime time. Seriously, that would be so awesome in I, such like, a goofy way. I, seriously, I I agree with you totally. Like I need this to be a possibility. I don't need them to kneel it out, but I need it to have the drama of like everyone is watching this crap game to see. Are these two teams just going to take a dive and kneel out and 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 agree to tie? Which I don't think I don't think NFL guys, especially coaches, would trust each other enough to do that. I, I'm I'm with you. That's actually funny you say that. I think that's probably true. Football so guys mind, just aren't so, wired that way. No. So with that in mind, for some reason, I expect a shootout. I think Derek Carr and Justin Herbert air it out. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think it is absolute crazy shootout. I'm going to go. I don't know why, because the Chargers are just the most frustrating team. I think they got a lot of talent, but yep. they, they are so wildly inconsistent. And the Raiders, to their credit, man, I thought that Bengals loss was kind of the end for them. And I think they lost the following week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it looked like they were dead in the water. And give credit to, to uh, Rick, Rick Bisaccia. He's done a great job. I mean, you know, there's talk of who's going to replay this. There was actually some conversation of Jim Harbaugh with the Las Vegas Raiders and, and him being maybe the next head coach. But, man, if this guy gets you to the playoffs off of all the crap they've been through this year, um, I think that guy probably deserves to be the head coach. So I'm going to go Raiders 34-31, Raiders in a shootout for me. So you've got Raiders and the over easily. Uh, I'm on the other side of this one in terms of the teams. I like the Chargers here in a bit of a shootout. I do like the the total is going over. I'm surprised it's as high as it is still based on that scenario that we've talked about. I think a lot of people are going to be betting the under in this game because <laughs> yeah. of that potential. 
I would love to see what that, I, in all seriousness, if somehow Jacksonville does win, I would love to see how quickly that total just sinks. Uh, me when, too. When it's beat. I'd love to see the live betting aspect of that. You couldn't get approved odds fast enough. You couldn't hit that button fast enough to get your bet in, I don't think. No, you're right. I mean, to your point about the Raiders, though, I, I couldn't agree more with you about, it's been impressive that they've actually kept their season alive because you had the Bengals loss and you go, okay, this thing is going to tank. But then they beat the Cowboys. They had back-to-back losses to Washington and they got blown out by the Chiefs. And I was like, okay, finally the wheels fell off. But then they rebounded and beat the Browns, the Broncos, and the Colts back-to-back-to-back leading into this one. Uh, I have been impressed by what they've done, but I like the Chargers' talent overall, and I think they're going to do just enough to find a way into the playoffs. They're dangerous. They worry me in the playoffs, and I think because of that, they're going to find a way in. Yeah, no, I think they are extremely dangerous in the playoffs. That's the team that I'm not sure how it all shakes out when, when we look at seeds and it comes down to it. That's a team I wouldn't want the Bengals to play in the playoffs. Agreed. Yeah, I would not look forward to that rematch. But I'm going Chargers 30, Raiders 24. So Chargers and the over for me. You're on Raiders and the over. And that brings us to our final game. There's no Monday night football game now with it being the last week. Uh, but we will have the national championship game on Monday night at 8 p.m. So we'll go back to the college side of things. Georgia is the three-point favorite. The total is 52 against Alabama. Yeah, I think the Georgia defense figures out, figures things out this time around. Um, again, I think, and I think you saw it a little bit against UC. I mean, the John Mechie thing, I know that, you know, they had the other kid, number 18, caught a touchdown pass, but no John Mechie still, I think, was a bit of a factor in them playing a little close to the vest, too. I I, I think they're not going to let Jamison Williams run free this time around. They'll shade coverage to him in a big way and not have to worry about the other side of the field. And that defensive front is not going to get pushed around like UC's did. I'm all in on Georgia bouncing back from the SEC chain. I've been on them all year long. I'm not going to get off of them now. I'll go Georgia 23-17. So Georgia in the under. So here's my assessment of this. Georgia clearly has the best team in the country. They are clearly the most talented team. Watching those two teams back-to-back, I didn't think there was much question which team looked more impressive. At the same time, I cannot pick Kirby Smart to beat Nick Saban. I don't think. That's fair. If you switch these two coaches, it's not even close. I take Georgia by 10 points probably. You know the old Paul Bear Bryant saying? You You know what people would say about him? What's that? He'd take your he players could, and beat you? Yep. It, well, they, they do it in Southern terms. He could take he could take his in and beat urine, and he could take urine and beat his in. And that's probably the same way with Nick Saban. I think you're right. Well, then here's the problem. If he had Kirby Smart's players, it wouldn't even be close because Kirby Smart has the better team. Uh, yeah, with Nick Saban coaching his own players, I think it's a little bit closer, but I still just – I'm not going to be able to bet on Kirby Smart against Nick Saban, I guess is what I'm saying. So while I fully believe Georgia is the more talented team and I completely understand where you're coming from with your pick, I'd like to have that confidence in Georgia too after watching them last weekend. I just don't believe in the coaching situation. I'm going to go Alabama 31, Georgia 24. So I'm on Bama and the over. Good opportunity for us to get some separation here this week. Yeah, I know. No other. Yeah, no question. Gain a couple games back there if I'm wrong. So, all right, that's all we got there for the betting segment. Time for some Ask Any Anything, and we've got a, a loaded Ask Any Anything lineup today. If we didn't get to your question this week, I know there are some here that we're not going to be able to get to. What I've been doing is just putting those in a queue, and uh, if it makes sense to pull it up a week or two later, we'll go ahead and get to them. So don't think that we we forgot about you or are ignoring you here. All right. A hypothetical for you to start on the college football side of things. Ryan Day leaves Ohio State for the NFL. 
for Ohio State's replacement, would you pick either Luke Fickle and Mark Stoops or the field? Oh, Luke Fickle and Mark Stoops. I, I think I think it's Luke Fickle's job at that point. I, I really do. They're not bringing Urban back. I'm trying to figure out who else would be in the in the candidacy. No, I I'm taking Luke Luke Fickle and Mark Stoops um, versus the field. How about you? It's hard to imagine it wouldn't be Luke Fickle. Uh, I don't I don't really see it being Mark Stoops. I don't think Ohio State. Would, I don't people would be excited I, about that at all. I, I probably don't either. But he does. He has recruited Ohio really really well while at Kentucky. I like Mark Stoops. I think he's done a great job. I think he'd be a good, I'd be interested to see Mark Stoops get a big time job somewhere else and see what he could do with it. I think it'd be really cool. And I think there's a chance it'd work out really well. I just don't think Ohio state people would be excited about that. And I don't think he's the the sexy splash hire that they would like. I'm noting you, but again, if you're giving me those two versus the field, I'm I'm still, I'm leaning that way. I I hear you on that. Uh, I feel like there's a name out there that none of us would think of right now, but once, that job opened up all of a sudden we would hear a new, a, a big splashy name. I don't know if that's an NFL guy that might be coming down or what have you, but it just seems like there would be another big time name involved for this job other than just Luke fickle. I get the sense that Luke fickle isn't the slam dunk in Columbus that he is everywhere else right now. I don't think Ohio state people are as excited about him as the rest of the country would be. Now that being said, I think there are still enough people who recognize what a good coach he is and that he'd probably be the best option. So odds are, yeah, I think I'd go with Luke Fickle and Mark Stoops too, but I don't think it's a, a done deal automatically if Ryan Day leaves, I guess. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I just can't pull a name off the top of my head that I'd, that I'd say I'd take above Luke Fickle though. I'm with you. And I don't think there is a name that I would take above Luke Fickle if I was making the hire, but I think there's some weird things there with Ohio state with him having that interim year and, uh, I don't know. You know, I just, I don't, I don't know that he's the guy to them that he is to everybody else, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I'm just, I, again, I'm, I'm scratching my head trying to think who, who, who's be, who's even close to better. I do who's not a have bigger, a good answer a for you. Splash. Yeah. I, I don't either. You know, you know, if, if I think if, he's if, the biggest home run in the sport right now, if you're making it higher. Right. I mean, the prodigal son left the, for Jacksonville and blew every opportunity out of the water there. And, and so you're not bringing him back. No. No, no chance that would happen. All right. What's, I, got, I, got, I got nobody other than Luke Fickle. Fair enough. I mean, I, I don't have a good name for you either, but like I said, I imagine if this job actually does open up, we will hear another big name quickly, like Zach Taylor. I don't know. Kirk Herbstreet. Maybe. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> what sport would be most improved by forcing all players to get drunk prior to the start of the game? I, I'd say baseball because we all do it playing softball. Right. Well, they all do it down in the uh, like Dominican League during the offseason anyway, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Do, do you remember when we were doing uh, radio uh, for the now defunct station that we did radio for for a little bit? And we used to do the show with Joe Price talking baseball. Yes. Oh, yeah, former absolutely. Pitcher. He told a great story about how one time he had to come home early from <laughs> I think it was the Dominican League because he was developing, as he put it, some bad habits, which <laughs> Included like guys doing vials of cocaine in between innings as pitchers and taking shots and all types of things of the dugout. Like apparently it was just a total mess. So, yeah, I, I, I'll I just say you got two sports that you can. I mean, we've all played softball pretty buzzed up. I've certainly bowled in that regard before. Well, so that, maybe it, those two sports. No, see, the thing with the bowling is it that wouldn't be the right answer here because 
who bowl sober. Like bowling would not change at all. Everyone it's, is drunk when they're bowling. That is just the standard operating procedure yeah, yeah. for bowling. I, I think. Mean, hey, played in golf out. Played in golf outings that way. Yeah, that's another um, one where it wouldn't yeah, change much. I, yeah, football would be interesting just because there's so many moving pieces, right, on every play that if you got everybody's all all mucked up, it, it would be a lot of car crashes going on. Well, I think that's the I, answer I would because it would improve it, though, right? It would just turn into a combat. Yeah, but he's sport. asking about improving. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it just depends uh, on what you be a mean lot of, by a lot more outrage. Yeah, good <laughs> yeah. point. I mean, there would certainly be a lot more outrage because you know we're all most. But I, I'm more of a mellow drunk. But a lot of guys, as you know, become tough guy drunk, right? And you could see with all that testosterone on that field and all the banging and bumping going on when 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 they're they've had a few. I mean, you'd have 15 yard penalties left and right. I agree with you that you're mellow drunk now, but I imagine there was a time in your day where you might have gotten fired up after a pop or two. It's possible. <laughs> it's, it's possible. I think the I'm more I, that way sober than I am drunk. Yeah, you know, that's that is true. It doesn't really take the alcohol, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. That's a later question. Yeah, it's so if we're taking combat sports off the thing, because boxing or MMA would be great if they were all pissed up drunk too before they started. Like that would be just make it even more ridiculous and, and lead to more knockouts because you wouldn't be able to defend yourself very well. I think it's football just yeah, because be it would cause be a, lot of, be a, lot of, chaos. Be a lot of hands down. Yeah, yeah. It would cause chaos for sure. Yeah. All right. Does skinny pay market price for chicken wings at some said establishments that are still treating wing prices like lobster or lumber? If so, does he dip the drum in ranch or blue cheese? All right. Um, I did pay market price and I'm drawing what's the what's the place up in um up in Fort Thomas? I'm drawing a complete blank Midway blank. Cafe. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Yes. Um, and this was really this was probably four or five months ago. And that was the first place I think I went to where they started doing market price. But we went there. There's another couple that we go to dinner with and we try to pick different spots. And that was the spot that they picked and it was great. I love I've been there before. I love it. Hadn't been there in a while. Um and and when we decided that's where we we're gonna go, I'm like, I'm getting chicken wings. I know it's gonna be silly, outrageous. I don't even know what I end. I think I ended up paying 18 bucks maybe at yeah. the time. Um, my wife and I got them watching a Kentucky football game. Oh man, I want to say sometime we got them from from Buffalo Wild Wings in Crestview Hills. She got them on the way home from somewhere, and I can't remember what price she paid, but I have not gotten chicken wings since. Um, and I love them. I love them with all. I, in fact, it's it. I, I could eat them literally two days a week if I could. Um, but yeah, I, I'm usually, I love, I love the medium sauce from, from, from that place. I think I've talked about before. I can literally, I will ask for an extra cup because I will take it home and use it on all. And I can honestly, I will honestly drink it. This is wings and rings you're talking about. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That place, the place. And I always get my crust. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think their sauce is just so good. I literally could drink it out of the cup and I, I don't dip a ton. It's just a little dip in, in the blue cheese. I usually use the blue cheese for the, for the, uh, for the lettuce or I'm sorry, for the celery rather, or the carrots, either one of those. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a ranch guy at all. It, it's definitely blue cheese. I, I am. I'm in the same boat in that. I haven't been getting wings much recently at all. And part of it's because of the market price thing, but I'll tell you what bothers me more about this whole like supply chain issue thing. Some places are not getting the same type of wings that they had previously. Right. So it's my issue is too. like, I, I don't, that. I don't want to pay $18 for your wings or $20 for your wings. And then get crappy, weird, small wings that don't taste right. Like that, I will tell you. I'll tell you at Midway Cafe when I got them, they were big and they were really good. But again, this was about probably four or five months ago. And I just had them at Deadlow Brewery on Tuesday night after the NKU coaches show for the first time in a while. 
and they they were awesome. They were perfectly okay, fine. Good. They were yep. exactly how you'd expect them to be. But a couple other places I've been, I'm not going to name names. I know everyone's struggling right now, but like you get the wings and you pay all this money for them, which whatever. But then they're not the right wings. They're not the same thing. It's like, I can't do that. I can't I can't keep getting disappointed by my wings. Right, I don't want right. to become a guy who doesn't like wings anymore. So I've just had to go without. And then I was at the store the other day and I'm thinking, oh, you know what? Maybe we'll do some uh, frozen wings, throw them in the air fryer since I haven't been buying them out at restaurants recently. It was $17 for the three pound of crappy frozen party wings. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, like the lanes. generic brand. It was like. Normally that's like five ninety nine, six ninety nine. So yeah, uh, I, I cheaped out. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not good enough at making wings to waste the money on them. So that's just crazy. The world's going to hell. Um, Skinny, what is the worst experience you've ever had with a boss at work? Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name names. But I, I had a. a <clears throat> this is in my newspaper days. I used to. I, I was a. I was a, an assistant sports editor. And part of my job was not only writing for the Kentucky side of the Kentucky Post, but but actually physically assigning stories and then laying out that section. It was a small section, a couple of pages deep. So I was responsible for that. And so sometimes you 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 don't you didn't know the size of your news hole, not to go too deep in a rabbit hole until you got there that day. Sometimes you'd get two pages worth of of space. Sometimes you'd get a page, and usually you knew the way it, the week would go, what days you kind of had to have a lot of stuff, and days you didn't. This just so happened, it was a Thursday, and it just so happened that, that Kentucky High School football, like three or four games were being played on that Thursday. So I assigned two stringers to cover two games. I had a piece I had written. Uh, we had a couple of must-run things that I always have to run on a Thursday. Came in thinking, expecting my normal Thursday news hole of two pages. I got one. So at that point, this was in the days where they wanted you to have a big piece of art, a big, a big photo in the middle of the page. And so by the time I designed it and I crammed everything in, I really cut the game stories down to 12 inches, which is just a waste of everybody's time. And I, I wasted the reader's time and it made me mad. So I cut them down to 12 inches and put a fairly small piece of art in there just to break up the copy, right? Break up the headlines. And so um, as I'm walking out, a guy who technically was my boss, he was also an assistant sports editor, said, ah, you're going to have to redesign that. That, that photo. I said, no. I said, because I don't, I don't I, I've already cut these things to the bare. And he said, no. I, I, I said, no, it's going to stay as it is. And that's that. And I said, don't change it. So he changed it. I saw the paper when it came out. I called him at his home. I said, when you come in tonight, you better avoid me because I'm going to kick your ass. And I mean that sincerely. I'm going to kick your ass. Do you understand me? I said, you went above my head. I'm going to kick your ass. So, of course, he gets all shaky and he calls our boss. So we go into the office. He chews me out. Everybody hears it behind closed doors. He stands up in front of me. I said, buddy, you better sit down before I knock your ass down. You got it? And so I slammed the door behind me. And I thought, I'm going to get fired. I didn't get fired off of it. But I, I, I honestly, I would have dropped both of them where they stood at the moment. I was that mad. <laughs> uh, I love it. That's uh, it's called newspapers uh, in the, of course, then I got early called the early 2000s. I, I, I got called. In the, yeah, I got I got called in the publisher's office and he got mad and he dressed me down and said, you can't threaten to kill, kick your coworkers ass. And I had to apologize. And that was that. I love it. Yeah. More stories like that, please keep keep the questions like that coming. There are uh, endless supply of them here for my co-host. <laughs> yes, there are. Yes, All there right. Are. And there, here's the one that we had four different people send. And uh, oh, wow. I'm guessing you've already seen this story, but let, let's go through it and you can break it down here. Give me a little bit of time to get through some of this here. A reality TV star who sells her farts in jars has decided to stop selling them despite making one thousand dollars per jar skinny. 
Stephanie Maddow, who appeared on the reality TV show 90 Day Fiance and gained a huge following on TikTok, says she had to go to the hospital recently with gastric complications because she was eating so many high fiber foods to produce more and more farts. Mato, who refers to herself as a fartpreneur, started farting in jars and selling them online in November and documented the food she was eating on TikTok to keep up her flatulence, like beans, protein muffins, and eggs. Mato was reportedly taking in roughly $50,000 per week through a highly profitable endeavor, but it wasn't long before the strain became too much. Quote, I didn't tell my doctors about the farting in the jar, but I did tell them about my diet. It was made clear that what I was experiencing wasn't a stroke or a heart attack, but very intense gas pains, Motto told Jam Press. I was advised to change my diet and take a gas suppressant medication, which has effectively ended my business, she continued. While Maddo has semi-retired from the real-world fart jar business, she's still pursuing the world of NFTs, where she sells cartoon images of her fart jars, Skinny. Um, Skinny, what do you got on our girl who's making $50,000 per week on farts in jars, has to quit because she thought she was having a heart attack from eating too many beans? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of things off of this. Number one, that is capitalism at its finest, is it not? Oh, it is. Yes. I mean, there's a market for everything, apparently. The other part is, too, there's a lot of weird MFers out there, apparently. <laughs> there's think? a lot of weird folks out there. Um, listen, there's a fetish for everyone, as we probably all know. Everyone has something, but that takes it to an extreme. That That's, I mean, if you're literally paying money for that, how about you just fart yourself in a jar and then open it back up and you can smell your own gas? I mean, who doesn't like to smell their own, right? Everybody likes their own brand. Do. Correct. Correct. I don't need somebody else's brand. I don't want to smell somebody else's brand. I think that's that, the issue. There's some sick, sick people out there who do like this. And I don't like to kink shame. I, like you said, everyone's I'm in their you. own thing, whatever. Absolutely. You do you, man. But I'll be honest. Man, I'm not going to be as long as you don't bother me. Uh, you do you. But. And again, good kudos to her for somehow turning this into to a profit center. Because here's the great part: what's the overhead? A, a few beans and a little bit of muffin, and obviously now the overhead's going to be she had to go to the doctor for for gas pains. But I mean, really, what's the overhead on that? Just your food intake. Well, the the real expensive part with supply chain issues is how are you getting your jars and your lids to well, ship them yeah, out that, and the that, shipping costs legit. really. That's, but I mean, legit. she's making fifty thousand per week off it, or she was. I mean, but here's where I. Here's where I am really, I don't know if it's impressed or think she's an idiot, but the integrity she had to actually be farting in all of these jars, like these idiots, you could have just been putting the lids on the jars and sending them out to them. What what, what difference would they know? You think the fart smell actually stays until they open it up? I mean, maybe it does. I don't know. But like, get some fake smelly stuff in there. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna test that 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 notion, Rick. I I this is funny actually. I made over the that weekend. That's your old bo- boss. From the yeah, there you go. You know, um, I, actually over the weekend on Saturday, I was I was I was home because uh, everybody else was out of town visiting this my daughter in good. Florida. So no, I made a big pot of red beans and rice with with <laughs> um with the Eckridge smoked sausage cut up in it. I love I love Cajun food too. So I I put that in there, and I've had a little bit of leftovers. I had a little bit Monday, and I had some for dinner last night when I got home from coaching a game. And this morning, it's not been a good scene. It's just, I mean, you know, think think it's 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 been there's been some gas gas issues in in the house. I can't help myself. It just is what it is. So maybe I'll go find a jar. We've got some mason jars laying around, and I'll get a lid and I'll see what see if see if this if the stench stays for a day. No, I'll, you gotta I'll, you gotta send it to someone. Week. You gotta send it to I someone. I can't do that. Nah, I can't do that. That's too creepy. That's just too creepy. I think it's too far when guys have foot fetishes. 
Imagine being down so bad that you're ordering fart jars from a lady off the internet and clearly paying a decent amount for them. She's making a hundred, no, a thousand dollars per jar, a thousand dollars per jar. She's doing 50 jars a week. My lands. Do you think, let me ask you that. Could you squeeze out 50 farts a week? Oh, for sure. I think, yeah, I don't think that's too unreasonable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah. I mean, this girl's loading down her uh, esophagus with freaking protein shakes and beans and muffins. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even think I need to do the to to do that crazy diet to do that. Yeah, drink four Miller Lights on a Tuesday night, and you're good to go by Wednesday. (laughs) You're shortchanging me, my man. And you're and I don't drink Miller Light either, just in case you're wondering. (laughs) I'm just throwing out there for anyone. I wasn't uh, saying you had to do that. I'm noting you. I mean, this is. I'm noting you. Again, I'm just truly impressed by her integrity to actually fart in all those jars and eat all these different foods to the point that she almost killed herself just trying to make the fart jars legitimate. <laughs> it's incredible. It and really you're is. Right. I can't imagine. I can't imagine this. The stink stays in it. And that, but, but what, what are people doing? What are we bucks? What are we doing? I mean, like you, you hear all this stuff on only fans and it's like, man, why really? Is there I, that why, much? Much of a, is it there that much of a market it, for women taking their clothes off online when it's all free out there? And then right. you hear about something like this and you're like, yes. yeah, of course there is. These idiots will pay for anything. Yeah, they, they really will. I mean, that, that that's uh, why, why can't I think of ideas like this? Seriously, if we were making 50,000 a week to fart in jars right now, you think you people would be getting this podcast once a week? <laughs> Ain't no chance, man. I'd be I'd be on some tropical island somewhere, just ripping uh, ass and smoking drinks, grass on some tropical that. island. Oh my land! My re- my new retirement plan. I, I do appreciate those that that ask that question. Four four different people sent this, but the best part is, skinny. No one wanted to tweet it out publicly. I got I got two emails and two direct messages. No one wanted to claim that they were sending this to us. That's smart. Okay, that's a, that, that's good for them. That's a smart maneuver, my man. Yeah. Oh, holy cow. Well, here's what I'll do for people. You know what? I, I you know, I've, I've told you I put the, the deodorant on the outside of the underwear. I'll fart <laughs> through the deodorant and see what kind of smell we get. And jar it and jar it, please. And, and then open and up jar it, and jar it and jar it. Scientist skinny. Please go through the, the scientific <laughs> process and let us know how this holy, works out. Oh, my lands. I've got to know going? if it actually works. Does the fart smell stay? And also, yeah. aren't there like a million different products that make up fake fart smell like a little droplet that you could have been putting in all these things or whatever i mean there's got to be something I like really you, that i haven't I, researched that rick in my time i've just I, I haven't gone that direction well again i really appreciate how serious she was taking her job but it's it's the old oh work smarter goodness. not harder thing right yeah no right that's correct that is correct no that's all i got oh, my lands is that it that's it. All right. That's that's all we need, I think. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for all the questions. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back uh, on Sunday with our Bengals postgame podcast, looking ahead to the playoffs. Uh, so please join us then. For Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the weekly poker edition, presented by Ryan Keefer of Prime Lane.